We're going to be in the book of Proverbs today. I mean, I'll be bouncing around because I don't tell you where I'm at and you get home. I'll be in 2, 3, 4, and a little bit of Matthew today, chapter 7. But chapter 2, Proverbs, chapter 3, chapter 4, and a little bit in Matthew, chapter 7. So if you want to write that down, that way you say, where was that preacher at today? You have a general idea. At least that's where I'm planning on going. And, you know, the one word that the Lord... Uh, laid upon my heart for this year starting out was for us it's time for us to take responsibility and responsibility for our life he said we need to take responsibility number one for our health amen we need to take responsibility for there is nothing wrong with taking medication there's nothing wrong with carol wearing a cask okay but if she comes to me and says, I don't care if my arm ever gets healed, I like this cast, we got problems. Because I am tired of doing dishes. You know what I'm saying? So we have to look at ourselves and say, okay, this, this body of mine is a temple of the living God. And I owe it to Him to have this body in the shape that I can, the best that I can. And I'll never be an athlete running triathlon and stuff, probably. But I take that responsibility and... Uh, God gave us doctors. He blessed us with doctors. I thank God for doctors. Amen? Yes. But then we have to do what we can, our own, to take responsibility for our health. Okay? I can't sit around and suck down ham fat and chew on bacon every day and then get me a heart doctor and complain that he tells me what I need to quit eating bacon and ham. See what I'm saying? Uh, moderation is the key word to start with. But also take responsibility of your finances. Remember, God puts by our needs to the rich and glory in Christ Jesus. Brother Paul told us that. And what, what was he talking about? He's talking to the church that was supporting his ministry. So, God blesses us. You know, I had a vehicle I drove in today. I got clothes on. I got food. I, mean, I got more food than I can think of, you know. Which is awesome, okay? But the main purpose of everything we have, especially extra, is to build his kingdom. Are we investing in His kingdom? You know, are we helping to spread the gospel the best that we can? Uh, I've always said this before that uh, I believe when the rapture of the church takes place, every church in there is should be broke. Well, I'm telling you, we're close to the rapture. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. <laughs> now, we have been blessed all our life here in ministry. It's just awesome. But meaning that. Uh, we need to invest as a king to get the word out, share the gospel, you know. You all, you know, we support Pastor Peter through the ministry here and the voice of the martyrs, the, the, which is the widows and the orphans and then the Jewish population. So, you know, we're really investing in that and I believe that's what God wants us to do. But take responsibility. When you, when you get that dollar, well, oh, say five dollars anymore in your hand, God, what do you want to do with it? You know, what do you want me to use it for? He might say, hey, go to Dairy Queen. They might say, hey, that person aside, you need a gallon of milk. You know, I don't know. But just check with them as we grow and grow. You know, and we use things wisely. Take responsibility of your mind. Take responsibility of that mind of yours. We do that through the Word of God. Take control. The old devil trying to slide in there all the time. He's trying to torment you. And we start entertaining you. No. You're a new creation. You're born again. Living inside of you is the spirit of the living God. You need to let it rise up and let it fight your battles. He'll bring the word of God back to you when that old devil comes around and try to take you back. 
or try to bring false guilt on you. So we need to take control of that. And we do that through His Word. Then take responsibility with your God. Take responsibility of your relationship with God. You know, He met us halfway. He came down. Took our sins. Died on the cross. He's done all that He can do. Now we need to reach up to Him and establish that relationship because He wants that relationship with you. He, he's your Papa. Abba Father. He wants He wants to communicate with you. Good times and bad times. He, he wants that. You have a purpose. And that purpose is to be with Him. We got to check what, what do we spend most of our time on. And whatever you are, just make sure you got God included in it. And make sure the Lord can sit there beside you on the couch and watch whatever you're watching or when you open your mouth up to speak that He would speak the same thing that you're speaking. Uh, that He would do it. You know, That's the best way of saying it. Is that whatever you're doing, would you do that with the Lord sitting beside you? You know? Yeah, the, when you come to church on Sundays or whenever you gather, it should be like, you know, Pastor, what does, what does the Lord have for us today? What has God laid upon your heart to share with us today? And what's, what's He want for this year? You know, and how can we serve Him more? And again, the first question you have me, what are you spending your time on the most? Is what you're make, doing right now making a difference for today? Is it making a difference for tomorrow? Is it making a difference for eternity? And some some answers would be yes. It's making a difference for today. I'm going to eat dinner today, okay. And for tomorrow, yeah, I planted a garden, okay. But for eternity, meaning, are you are we investing in God's word to make a difference for other people's lives? You know, that's a good thing to use as a balance to check us out with. Can you turn up that lights back here? One on the far left there. Thank you. There we go. Wow. Hey, there's more out there. I didn't know. We got two in the back. We got plenty in the back row back here. Yeah. <laughs> but just or, or, or making a difference for eternity. And that can be number one in your life. First of all, you know, yeah, I want to see everybody in here in heaven. Amen. But I want to make sure I get there first. <laughs> I mean, not first, but I want to make sure I'm going to get there. <laughs> And uh, yeah, but yeah, there's been a lot before us. Yeah, but yeah, just make sure that ourselves that we are cultivating our relationship with God and and drawing closer to Him through the Son Jesus, and then for others want to come and and the word is, is patience. We need to be patient with one another. Uh, we need to be patient with those who continue to reject the Lord, because. It was patience that brought us where we're at today for other people, you know. Maybe some people gave up on us and said, man, I had enough of God. They started praying, Lord, just send different workers across Starkey's path because I am done with them, okay? But the Bible says to do that, you know. Some people we can reach, some people other people can reach. But He wants us to establish that and then for our relation with Him to grow more and more. Remember James 4.14 tells us that our life is just a vapor. Okay, uh, compared to eternity, you get up tomorrow morning or someday when the sun's come up early and he's had that little vapor on a rose petal. You ever see that little, little? You, how did it get there? You, you watch it if you're drinking your coffee on your deck. Uh, you watch it just drop off. Boom. It was there for a little while and gone. And you think about how many seconds are in a 24-hour day. 
that little vapor, that little piece of moisture, only took up maybe a minute of it. And that's what our life is compared to eternity. Think of that. So saying that, and that, that little vapor part of it, that's just the life that we're sharing here on earth. We step into eternity. I mean, there's more time on that. So again, it helps it to bring it back down to, man, what am I frustrated with? What am I fighting about? What am I arguing about? What am I offended about? Oh, yeah, on, on the scheme of things, wow. Everything that crosses our path, we can place in the hands of God and use it for His glory. You know? That's what He wants us to do. To be His witnesses. And folks, as we keep speaking the last couple, three weeks, more and more pressure being put on the church. More and more pressure put on you. But why? Because the times are getting worse and worse. And people's hearts are growing colder and they're getting more selfish and they don't think about themselves. And so you're running a lot of people that's going to be obnoxious, hard to be around. Marty, you looking at Chuck? No, I'm just kidding you. Just kidding you. And so that gives us the opportunity to be a good witness. Whether you're sitting in the doctor's office or you're talking to the doctor, you're going to the pharmacies, whether you're going in line to eat dinner. I mean, uh, make it be an opportunity. Determine, man, I don't care what's going on in there. I am going to honor God. And sometimes you honor God by just keeping your mouth shut. Amen? Bite your tongue. You ever have to do that? Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with you when you have to do that. You're still getting the flesh. But the Spirit of God is saying that, come on, he's that bridle in your mouth, you know, like a horse, like, whoa, Sharky, whoa. And you know me, 30 seconds, a minute later, whatever that little flesh feeling was, it's going to pass. Yeah, oh, thank you, Lord. You know, they're being a good witness for the Lord. But today, as we look around, we see that there's a lot of knowledge out there anymore. The Bible says, when in time, the knowledge is going to increase. I think, I mean, how many people Googled this week to find out something out? I did. <laughs> there you go, Marty. Yeah, I mean, look at you. Type anything in there. You know how to. You know, I did that a couple of weeks ago. How to fix my my fire thing, my gas powered wall mount heater. Hey, I fixed it. Yeah. Make Carol's nervous upstairs. There's <laughs> a lighter going on on, but I got it fixed. Google. That's awesome. But along with knowledge, what we have to have is wisdom. All the knowledge in the world won't do us any good if we don't have the wisdom to use it properly. And God said, anybody lack wisdom? Acts of God. You know, again, whatever we receive, whatever we have, oh Lord, thank you for this. Man, what do you want me to do with it? You know, is this for me? Or what? And He'll show you. He'll show you. And He's the most generous God there is. I mean, a lot of false gods out there. But today, if we turn to Proverbs 2, I'm going to share this with you today out of the Passion Translation. So again, I shared that last week. We did the uh, the Christmas. We call it the Christmas story. Not the one about the BB gun, but uh, about Jesus. And we read that out of the Passion Translation. And so, but Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. We look at some of the instructions he's given us. It says, My child... Will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. And only if you accept my advice and hide it within will you succeed. Only you hear his word, but now you got to accept it. Okay? Hide it in your heart and then you're going to succeed. 
So train your heart to listen when I speak, and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment, and pass it on to your sons and daughter. Mm. Discernment is something that we all need. Discernment is discerning the spirit. Okay? Uh, is this person telling me the truth or is he lying to me? Uh, discernment is, let us be, let, we need to seek the Lord for that. Then, then you pass it on to your sons and daughters, otherwise raise them in the ways of the Lord. Yes, cry out for comprehension and intercede for insight. For if you keep seeking it like a man would seek for sterling silver, searching in hidden places for cherished treasure, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find true knowledge of God. Man, it's just, you want a different year? That's what he wants you to do. Keep seeking Him. And let it be the number one thing. Hey, Joe, you want you want this? Well, hang on, let me think. And you go see, search the Lord. Search the Lord. Do I want this? Is this what you want me to have, God? Somebody up to you right now, Joe, and you probably might have an automobile. They say, hey, I got a 69 Corvette I'll give you, Joe. Do you want it? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Wait, let's seek the Lord. What do you think, God? Well, Joe, remember last time you had a Camaro and you totaled it? Uh-huh. And then you had the other Mustang and you totaled it? And uh, then, yeah, and then you know what insurance is going to be? You're seeking his wisdom. Say, well, God, give me a 65 Ford Falcon. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't told all them cars, I don't think. I'm just using him as an example. But but seeking him, you know. We did that before Ryan when he was a young man. We're still a young man, but he's in his teens. He was going to buy a Camaro. I love Camaros, okay. And we went to his friend's house to look at it. Oh, I loved it. But I used wisdom. Now, I called the insurance company first. It would cost more for the insurance on that car than what the car was. And so we uh, we didn't get that, did we, son? About an 89 Ford Ranger, yeah, yeah. But seeking wisdom, you know. <laughs> wisdom is a gift from a generous God. And every word he speaks is full of revelation. Becomes a fountain of understanding within you. Verse 7. For the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly lovers. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. Wow. A personal bodyguard as you search the Lord, as you, as you just absorb these scriptures and his word. He's protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. How do you choose what is right? You choose that based upon the word of God. You know, he, he's not going to tell you which way to go, but if you follow his word, the Bible says his word is like a light to my path. Man, you know you're going the right direction. And sometimes when you're walking, you'll be walking ways that other people don't want to go. So, oh, I think you're making a mistake, Joe. I don't think you need to go there. Does the word of God tell you to go there, Joe? Then you go. It's okay, I understand. You might disagree with me, but that's the way I'm going to go. And I'm telling you what, you're walking your path. God has a plan for your life. Okay? Now, we all walk in the same word, but he might have me walking over here. But I don't know why God's got Joe going over there for. I mean, over here, man, they, that's where I want to go. Well, this is where God wants me. And Jelly wants you over there. I shouldn't get mad at you because, well, you're not going to go where I'm going to go. No. You prayed about it. You searched the Lord. He wants you to go over here. Well, my brothers and sisters, Carol said earlier, we're all, we're all one body. Amen? Well, so we got to recognize that, you know. And, uh, and and not be too quickly to 
Well, I mean, to condemn people or... or I won't say judge because we're supposed to judge things but not condemn things. But uh, offend. Okay, offended. But also to look at... We kind of talked about this Wednesday night a little bit. You look at different ministries. And you think, man, what they're doing? Or different pastor, what's he doing? Hey, I don't know. You know, you use that one, that discernment, and number two, trust God. You know, if, if you think there's something wrong with that particular ministry, well then I would stay away from it. I just pray to the Lord. But, but to start running your mouth about a ministry that you know nothing about, boom. You ever been falsely accused of something? I think every married person has. But you have been, you know, somebody's all too quickly, you know, they want to say, oh, did you see this? Or you know what he did? And, and it starts destroying a person. Uh, help me out, Carol. You're back here preaching for me. His reputation. Thank you, Carol. His reputation. And we don't need to do that. We have pretty good ideas. You know, law enforcement, you know, there's lots and lots of investigation for years. And I spent a lot of time in your kitchen too, Becky, eating dinner. But I would have probable cause or suspicion. Let's take suspicion. The Fernando did a crime, okay? That wasn't enough to make an arrest on it. But I would do more investigation into it. Then when I got probable cause, man, probable cause, I believe he did it, I would take it to a jury. And the jury would listen to my, my evidence I have, and they would decide whether or not there's enough to, to indict you on, okay? But just having reason of suspicion isn't enough. And we have to watch ourselves when we have suspicion of others that we don't use that for a conversation block. Okay? We are not the grand jury coming together. And uh, we have to watch that a lot because it's very easy to, talk, to to get on the bandwagon and talk about folks. And God doesn't want that. Hey, you see something? Like, Jeff, you see something in my life that shouldn't be there, you think? Hey, bring it to me, brother. Give that to me. Okay? And if I reject you on that, but then you need to take it to whoever's ahead of me and share that with them, you know. Uh, but yeah, we just don't want to uh, jump to a conclusion, yeah. yeah. Yeah, things are always, you know, I've shared this before that back in my early days on the road, uh, as a road deputy, uh, I do parade duty. You know, we had to watch, you know, watch all the, you got the best seat in the house for their parades and stuff, you know. But my wife and, and Chad at that time would come to the parade. And, uh, you know, I would not kiss my wife after the parade. Because I want anyone to see, you know, oh, see that deputy kissing all the women and stuff? Huh. To this day, uh, well, the other ones I'm talking about, you know, no. And, you know, and I said, this before, I'm the same way. I've kissed my wife once in church in front of you guys on one of our anniversaries. But we last one. But if we walk outside and we get both vehicles there, I do not kiss my wife goodbye in the parking lot. <laughs> that preacher's out back here kissing them women. Yeah, no, I don't think it's wife. Hey, Amen. That's what happened. Okay. And the same way here. You know, we treat each other as, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, but we watch what we do. You know now. Once a year now we kiss on our anniversary, but uh, but she knows I love her. I married her. <laughs> uh, verse nine. Then you will discover what is proper. Again, we're talking about hidden in the storehouse of wisdom, seeking God in everything. Verse nine said, "Then you will discover all that is just, proper, and fair, 
and be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny. You think about last year, maybe some of the decisions we all might have made that, boy, we should have done a little bit different, you know? I think we all might have a few of them. I'm not sure. I know I do. Uh, but seek more, t- took more time talking to God, seeking His Word. Maybe I would have made a different decision, you know? Uh, but that's why He promised to do that. He'll help us make better decisions. We learn to be closer to Him. And as you study the Word of God, as you read the Word of God, that Holy Spirit in you is a librarian. It goes in a shelf somewhere in your head. And next thing you know, when you need wisdom, it'll come back to you. Like, well, I didn't remember that. You know, sometimes, maybe some things that we do here, I have a habit, you know, if you remember our pregnant Ryan back here and stuff at Christmas time, uh, something there might have, you know, it might come back to you. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't be ashamed to show people I'm Jesus. Remember Ryan when he was pregnant? Was a pillow? You know, something like that. Uh, if he wasn't there, I'll explain to you after church. If you missed that Sunday, yeah. <clears throat> if he wasn't here, okay. <laughs> you got pictures. Someone took pictures and sent them to Carol before I even got home that day. <laughs> in verse 10, when wisdom wins your heart and revelation breaks in, true pleasure enters your soul. If you choose to follow good counsel, Divine design will watch over you and understanding will protect you from making poor choices. And back to our court, if you choose to follow good counsel, that could be your pastor, that could be uh, your, your, your husband or your wife, godly men and women, amen, godly friends. You know, people are rooted in the Word of God. If we choose to follow good counsel, uh, you ever talk to anybody that you really trust a lot and they're pretty wise and, and you go to them quite often and they, you go to them one time and you ask their advice and you disagree with it? I ain't paying no attention to that. Isn't it funny? We'll do that. We want someone to confirm the way we think, what we want to do. And... Uh, and we really believe a lot in them and trust them. But when they tell you, no, 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 the Word of God says this. <laughs> you don't know what he's talking about. Anybody guilty of that? I think so, yeah. If you want you want to do something and you get one of your friends, hey, I thought about doing this way, you think, well, I don't think so. You go to another friend. And if you're lucky, if you have three friends, you get the third one. You try and find someone. And again, that's where we come in as brothers and sisters. Not be afraid to say, "Well, Joe, I don't, I don't think so, Joe." You know, this is my reason. Well, Stark, I thank you for sharing that. But you know, I think I really want to do this. Well, and my bottom, my bottom line, the most thing when people come to me, they don't quite agree with me. Hey, brother, if you prayed about it and the Lord told you to do that, there is nothing that I'm, I'm not going to stop you. Amen. Now the key word is, have you prayed about it? I used to have a sign on my door people, uh, back when I had an office. Uh, and it said, have you prayed about it? And so people always got upset when they come to me with an e- issue. And I said, well, have you prayed about it? what God's telling you? He always say that. Well, that's where we start from. Have you prayed about it, you know? Because the same God I serve is the same God that's redeemed you, you know? And we come together. Sometimes you get confirmation when you say, yeah, I prayed about it. And he told me this. Oh, Okay. And so we go from there and dig into it deeper. Yeah, if you 
choose to follow good counsel. Divine design will watch over you and understanding will protect you from making poor choices. And we all need that. It will rescue you from evil in disguise and from those speak diversities. Otherwise, the devil, he can disguise himself, right? He can come like anything. I mean, this is an awesome thing. And the next thing you know, it's the worst thing that ever happened to you. Remember, Satan all become the steal, kill, and destroy. You know, wear all type of costumes and masks and whatever in order to get your attention. So for they have left the highway of holiness and walk in the ways of darkness. They take pleasure when evil prospers and thoroughly enjoy a lifestyle of sin. And we've seen that pretty relevant here the last couple of years, especially our eyes being opened more and more with some of the leadership and stuff we have. That you know, you know, that's just they're so wrapped up into that they enjoy that, and uh, that's why he wants us to walk the road of holiness. But they're walking on a path to nowhere, wandering away into deeper deception. Verse 16, Only wisdom can save you from the flattery of the precurious woman. She's such a smooth-talking seductress. She left her husband and has forgotten her wedding vows. Never find her house on the road to hell. And all the men who go through her doors will never come back to the place they were. They place where they were. They find nothing but desolation and despair. Again, being sitting there, it says a woman, but it's talking about men. It's talking about, it's talking about the devil being wrapped up. Man, if, if we go down that road, if we go down that road too far, you can come to a point. Man, you're not, you're not going to come back. If you think a man have went down that road that far already, no, you haven't because you're thinking about it. But you can get to the point, it's not bad. That's why we should never, ever entertain sin of any nature. We need to discipline ourselves. And, oh, what's it going to hurt? And I'm telling you what, it's no good. I mean, it just takes it just takes a little a little. When we talk about a mustard seed, how it grows in faith, it just takes a little seed of the devil, or you know, a thought into your life that you start entertaining, and it'll grow and grow to the point it's got you controlled. So you got to run away from that, run away from any type of sin that's trying to to entertain you. Mm. He says, "Follow those who follow wisdom and stay on the right path. For all godly lovers will enjoy life to the fullest." Now, all godly lovers, meaning loving God. Okay, okay, will enjoy life to the fullest and will inherit their destinies. But the treacherous ones who love darkness will not only lose all they could have had, they will even lose their souls. So there's, again, good reasons to turn away from the things of this world. And if you got to walk by yourself, walk by yourself. Uh, but follow the Lord. In Proverbs 3, 1. Now again, uh, I pray these are something that maybe you can go back over the years and read it and kind of help refine you and tune yourself up. Because, man, this is just awesome. Looking at Proverbs. And, uh, but Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. He says, My child, if you truly want a long and satisfying life, never forget the things that I've taught you. Follow closely every truth I've given you. Then you will have a full, rewarding life. Man, if you want a long and satisfying life. Now, I, I want that. Amen? 
I think we all want that. You understand? Well, just never forget the things I've taught you. Jesus is saying, "God saying, man, this is my word, Father. These here, you know." And I know when you when you start a new thing, we say, "Man, I'm going to follow God this year like you never did before." It takes. It's like redefining yourself. You'll have moments like, "Oh man, it's like going on a diet." You know, you're, man, yeah, I want this. About the third or fourth day in, you think, man, is really how many calories in a cupcake, Joe? You know, is it not really that many, you know? But if we can get through, normally it's 21 days. Whatever you want to change, if you can make it 21 days, you got a good hold on it, okay? I know when I quit smoking, it was only 72 hours, and I, I was released from nicotine. Understand that? Boom. Rest of it was in my head. It was, man. I need that cigarette, you know. And then throw me in a pot of coffee. I'll throw, oh, cigarettes and coffee. Oh, man. Better watch. I'll be smoking for the night for my message is done. But we were like, man, I want this. I want this. I want this. And uh, if God, if you had to get up in the morning and think, man, i gotta, I got to talk to God this morning. Okay, if that's your attitude, get up anyway and talk to Him. Because you're trying to train the flesh. You know, you think, well, I'd rather talk to Him at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm already awake. Well, that's fine. That's between you and God. But to say I'm going to I'm going to consume His word, I'm going to follow His word, I'm going to be in fellowship more. I mean, we, we heard yesterday a new statistic. I forget who he was talking to, watching. But since the pandemic, the average Christian, well, half 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 of the Christian population, only go to two services a month in church, and they pick for three different churches. Wow. It's kind of like, you know, they get three different churches, they either go here or here or there. So if this one's giving away something today, like, oh, we're there, and then tomorrow we're here. We're, it's kind of like picking your, like going to the smorgasbord and picking what you want to eat, you know. But we, we need to commit. Commit to God, commit to His Word like ever, never before. And take 21 days. And you're established a, a new, uh, a new habit. A new habit. Hold on to, hold on to loyal love and don't let go. Be faithful to all that you've been taught. Let your life be shaped by integrity with truth written upon your heart. Integrity. That's something this nation needs is integrity like never before. Integrity of what you do at midnight, you do the same thing at noon. Integrity is keeping your word. Integrity is honoring God. Integrity is always, always doing what you know you should do. Wow. Integrity. Do you, think about somebody. Do you, can you think of one person? And don't talk out. But one person that you know would... If you heard they was talking about somebody, you couldn't believe it. You never heard them gossip about somebody. You know, I, I think one guy that I knew was always quiet. But he wouldn't yell if he had to. I don't mind saying his name because I'm not speaking bad about him. It was Jeff Dickerson, one of our deputies. All right, Vicky. Jeff Dickerson. I mean, Jeff Dickerson was driving a cruiser one day, and they had a a, a lady blew her horn and waved at Jeff. Jeff waved back at her. Well, she forgot what she's doing and ran into a car. And Jeff paid to have the car fixed. He felt so bad because she's waving at him. I mean, remember that, Vicky? <laughs> I think, was that you waving at him? Oh, no. <laughs> and it's amazing because he gets born again, too. And he is, not right now, he's laid off, but he is the custodian for Grace Church over here. Yeah, awesome. But, uh, yeah, but he's just always been polite and quiet. And he never, uh, 
would never say anything. Uh, he had great integrity. Uh, integrity would be on the stand in court testifying. Yeah, I had a lawyer call me one time. I arrested the guy for a new driver's license. I stopped at 3 o'clock in the morning down behind Barry Supply. Had a lot of thieving going on. And so his lawyer called me. He said, now, Sergeant, he says, uh, did you know that he didn't have a, a license when you stopped him? Did you hear it? I said, no, sir. I said, he says, uh, well, did anybody did anybody happen to tell you uh, on the radio, hey, he didn't have a license? Cause even his lawyer didn't like the guy, okay? So he said, and all I had to do was say yes. I said, no, I stopped the man because he's behind Barry Supply at 3 o'clock in the morning. We had a lot of thieving going on. He said, okay. So we're in the court, and they swore me in, and uh, I testified that, no, I, I knew that knowledge. I just stopped them for it, and they found them not guilty because I didn't have probable cause for the stop. And I could very easily said, well, yeah, I heard him, you know, and, and uh, but I didn't. Now, that gave integrity to the judge sitting on the bench, uh, the young officer then. And uh, See, my job wasn't to go in and convict you. My job was to go in and present the evidence. I thought the judge would look at it, you know. And uh, so that's part of what integrity would be. In verse 4, it says, Now, that's how you will find favor and understanding with both God and men. You will gain the reputation of living life well. Truth in the Lord completely. Trust in the Lord completely. And do not rely on your own opinions. Mm. Mm. Well, we all can say amen to that, right? <laughs> I know what God said, but my opinion is... <laughs> now, there's nothing wrong with stating your opinions, but when your opinion is in contrary to the Word of God, we need to change our opinions, right? With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you, and He will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with Him in whatever you do, and He will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. Man, He wrote this to me, didn't He? Don't think for a moment that you know it all. <laughs> I think my wife is typing my, my Bible here. I'm not sure. And I have no problem saying I don't know it all. Anymore, I don't know at all. I thank God for the men and women in my life that brings His wisdom to help us out. I mean, I have no problem. I don't know how to do that. Mm-mm. That's why I never dye my hair also. Because I am old. <laughs> if I dye my hair, you think I'm 20 years younger, you expect me to do more, you know. I have no problem. I can't do that anymore. Mm-mm. Become, uh, you know, for wisdom comes when you adore Him with undivided devotion and avid, avoid everything that's wrong. Mm. Verse eight. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. Mm-mm-mm. You will find the healing refreshment for your body and spirit. Man. Avoid everything that is wrong. Anything that is a sin, anything that's morally wrong, anything that's evil, avoid that. Glorify God with all your wealth, honoring Him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an un- uncontainable source of inner joy. Again, it's something that, you know, try different this year maybe. 
I won't say try to different. Do what he says. Is glorify God with all your wealth, honoring Him with your very best. Amen. I mean, that's. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna jump over to one of them here. Again, Word of God, New Year. We're talking about finances. Malachi three eight. Let me share that with you. And we'll go back over it. This is a New American Standard because Passion Translation had not translated the book of Malachi. So will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. But you say, have, How have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings? You're cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. And test me now on this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you, so they will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the fields cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Again, his word there, so he said, a, a tithe is a tenth, a tenth of your increase. It says, bring it into the store, I'll bring it to the church, and give it, and see if I do not rebuke that devourer for you, and, and devour the devil, and I'll pour you out a blessing you cannot contain. He says up front, though, but if we don't, we're already cursed with the curse. And no, you're not paying your way into heaven. It doesn't work that way. But we, I think Wednesday night we was talking about this. The tithe. I mean, everything you have belongs to God. And God says, bring the tent then. Bring it in the, I'm going to pour out a blessing. And people going to look at you and say, man, how are they blessed? I mean, when I tell people that, you know, I, you know, for 22 years I never bought a vehicle. They're all given to me. And you know, wow, I'll come. I said, well, everything I use, we use it for the Lord. And I got cars that, you know, one car we had gave to us, we had 250,000 miles when we gave it away to another person, you know. But he, he promised to do that. I mean, I don't know how he does it, but he does. And so maybe this year might be the year that you step into that. Now, I'm not going to tell you to pray about what God tells you, because he already told you. That's the bottom line. You go, Pastor. I mean, I love that part of it because God is equal. We love our government and you take 10% of the taxes no matter how much you made. I mean, they think, well, if you made a million dollars a year, 10% is $100,000. If you make a $1,000 a year, 10% is $100. It's all equal, the same portion. But God said, trust me in this. So, again, sharing that portion of the of this new year with us. And a lot of people really get frustrated when we start talking about tithing. But don't get mad at me. If you don't want to, that's, that's up to you. But it's God. God wants, wants uh, to bless you as you honor Him. And we'll jump into Proverbs 4 here for a minute. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Now He's going to talk to us. God's wisdom said, Now listen to my correction, my sons. For I speak to you as your father. Let the sermon enter your heart, and you will grow wise with the understanding I impart. Mm. Listen to my question. He's telling us, okay, guys? When his word is contrary to our lifestyle, we need to listen to his word and let it correct us. My revelation truth is a gift to you, so remain faithful to my instruction. Remain faithful. 
Not just today, and then tomorrow I can take Monday off, and then Tuesday, remain faithful. All this is for your benefit, my benefit. Wow, I mean, all this stuff. He said, man, Starkey, i got a better life for you yet. Just, just do this. Follow this. And man, I'm going to use you. I'm, I'm going to tell you what. For I too was once the delight of my father and cherished by my mother, their beloved child. Then my father taught me, saying, Never forget my words. If you do everything that I teach you, you will reign in life. So make wisdom your quest. Search for the revelation of life's meaning. Don't let what I say go in one ear and out the other. Stick with wisdom and she will stick to you, protecting you throughout your days. She will rescue all those who passionately listen to her voice. Wisdom is the most viable commodity, so buy it. Revelation knowledge is what you need to invest in it. Wisdom will exalt you when you exalt her truth. She will lead you to honor and favor when you live your life by her insights. You will be adorned with beauty and grace and wisdom's glory will wrap itself around you, making you victorious in the race. My son, if you will take the time to stop and listen to me and embrace what I say, you will live a long and happy life full of understanding in every way. I have taken you by the hand in wisdom's way, pointing you to a path of integrity. Your progress will have no limits when you come along with me. And you will never stumble as you walk along the way. So receive my correction no matter how hard it is to swallow. For wisdom will snap you back into place. Her words will be invigorating life to you. Father, be with our emergency personnel and those in need. In Jesus' name. Do not detour into darkness or even set foot on that path. Stay away from it. Don't even go there. Hmm. Do not detour in the darkness, folks. Verse 14. Or even set a foot on that path. Now again, if it's sin, if it's immoral, if it's not correct, don't even entertain it. Don't go down that road. Uh, don't ever see how close to sin you can get without sinning because you already sinned. Because you just expose your heart that you have and our heart is to uh, honor God and all that we do. For troublemakers are restless. If they are not involved in evil, they are not satisfied until they have brought someone harm. They feed on darkness and drink until they are drunk on the wine of wickedness. But the lovers of God walk on the highway of light and their, their way shines brighter and brighter until they bring forth the perfect day. But the wicked walk in thick darkness like those who travel in fog and yet don't have a clue why they keep stumbling. And going back again, verse 16 for a second. It says, The troublemakers are relentless and they are not involved, if they are not involved in evil. And that's where you get attacked a lot by Satan. He doesn't give up because he, he's nothing but evil and he wants to drag you into his schemes. So that's why we have to continue to resist the devil and draw closer to God. That's the bottom line. Again, don't think there's something wrong with you when you come under attack, when you get these thoughts in your head. That's the devil is trying to, he's trying to manipulate you. We have to recognize that. We cry out to the Lord, God rescue me. Let the Lord return to you, you know. And, and again, let the devil know you're done with him. You know, I remember crying out to him one time. You know, I, I testified where in 97 God took smoking away from me because it was killing me. But I so chewed. 
And I remember going home the day after I got born again. And uh, I was coming home, I was putting snuff in my lip. School long cut classic. And I put it in my lip, I said, oh, man. And I pardon my language here, but God spoke to me this way. I said, God, I don't feel good. He said, well, get that crap out of your mouth. Right then, he broke me up. You know, I cried out to him. You know, so, Amen. Nothing, you know, God never cusses, but He does use language I'm used to. You know, and He rescued me from it because I shared my heart with Him. Uh, verse twenty-one: Fill your thoughts with My words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Fill your thoughts again. Concentrate on the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Listen to the Word of God. And it's going to, it's going to start uh, penetrating into every aspect of your life. And, you, and, and your mind is going to start going on the things of the Lord instead of the things of, of the devil or the things that, of yesteryear. Uh, it'll start, I mean, the Word of God is going to come back to you and He's going to rescue you. If we want this. This is all for us if we want it. If we want to follow Him, we want to be His disciple, man, we want to be His kids. Uh, if we want it. If, if we don't, you know, it's up to us. Verse 22, Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Otherwise, don't deceive. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. Perverse words. Catch yourself if you're, if you're still cussing. If you're still cussing and been walking with the Lord for a while, uh, you need to seek Him to be released from that. You know, because uh, if, if it's a routine habit now, I testified before, I was born again, and I was milking a cow, and I kicked me so hard I did cuss. And I apologized to the cow and the guy I was milking with, Kenny Durer. Uh, but they was down inside. Man, but so how quick I was convicted. Because you know when I cussed, it didn't change things. My arm still hurt, you know. But man, I, did, I, mean, I felt so bad. Because I was representing Christ in the milk parlor. And uh, so he'll bring conviction over us, you know. We just got to, when that happens, just repent from it and say, yes, Lord, I'm sorry. Set your gaze on the path before you, verse 25. With fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignore life's distractions. Watch where you're going, stick to the path of truth, and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment, or take the detour that leads to darkness. And to me, that kind of reminds me, if you do a lot of traveling, and you take the wrong turn. Uh, Carol, I was I took I took exit thirty seven A. I told you it was B. Ah, uh, you know how long it can take you to get back on the interstate. Some of them roads facing down West Virginia do not go back on the interstate. You might have to go thirty or forty miles to get back. Oh, oh my! But I learned to listen better on my directions. Now I will repeat the directions. Hey, thirty seven B. Yes, okay, thirty seven B. Because I don't like being detoured. Okay, it didn't take me long to realize I was. And that's the way of life is. We can find ourselves detoured. Okay, 
We need to get back on the right path. It might, it might take you a while to get back on the road because you got, because of your detour, you got some penalties you got to pay along the way. I mean jail time, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but you can still turn me back on the right path even in jail. Amen? It's never, I mean, it just realized, oh man, I did something stupid, you know? Remember I always say there's two type of people. Well, those who've been in jail and those who never got caught. Amen? <laughs> And then our last verses, last four verses is Matthew seven twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, and twenty seven. He says, "Now listen, everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came, with fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation." But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. When it rained and rained and a flood came with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept away. So you're building your life here on the Word of God. Not just hearing it, but bringing it into your well-being. And by this scripture, it says you're going to be in some storms in life. You're going to get some rain on, some wind. It's going to come to you like, oh, man. But you're basing your your life upon the Word, and you'll still continue to stand. Because God will be with you during that storm. He'll speak to you. He'll, re- he'll remind you of these Scriptures. Hang in there. Have you ever been through it? We've been to a tough storm back in 1990. I think it was Hurricane somebody. Bob. Hurricane Bob. <laughs> Okay, and down in Virginia, I and mean, I'm telling you what, the winds came, and it's just terrible. We was right on the beach in Virginia Beach, we was in the hotel room, and man, it's just terrible. But I'm telling you what, the next morning, that sun came up so beautiful. That The hotel was built to withstand tornadoes or hurricanes, and we were out on the beach, and a lot of mess to clean up, but man, we, we come through the storm, and that's where we are of God. We apply these things to our life. We want and just getting closer and closer with Him. As you come through these storms of life, it get kind of messy. But it ain't going to blow you away. And you're going to watch it. And that storm's going to pass. And that, man, the, this the beauty of the Lord just shine upon you. And you'll be encouraged and strengthened. Look what God has done in my life. And then you have what they call a testimony. Yeah, I've been through the same thing. But you need God in your life. And that's where we're at this year. You know, using wisdom, seeking Him, drawing closer to Him. I don't know how many pastors I've listened to the last week or so has got the same thing. Is that we need to go deeper into the Word of God. Meaning, we have to concentrate on it more. Let it really be the, the, uh, in front of you. To read it and then to pray and talk with God. And I'm going to recognize the tricks of the devil when he comes around to steal you, rob you derail you. But I tell you, the more you're in relationship with God, the less chance you have of being uh, bamboozled, I guess I'm going to use the word, being fooled. Amen? Amen. Praise God.